I'm going to now introduce uh, our speaker for today. Um, most of you, well, I'm sure all of you will uh, will know Sam. Sam is a wonderful man of God and, uh, and a, a wonderful pastor at Life Church, and he's going to be kicking off a new series for the beginning of this year. So a new a new teaching series that we've called Live Well, Emotionally and Spiritually Healthy Living. And we're going to be spending a few weeks looking at the topic of emotional and spiritual health. It's going to be a really important and helpful series. And uh, Sam is going to be wonderfully and excellently kicking us off. Um, Sam, those of you who know Sam will know his heart for the church, his heart for people and his heart to to see them grow in becoming more and more like Jesus and knowing his love more. So uh, I commend Sam to you. And uh, let's go over and hear him as he opens the word of God for us. Well, good morning. It's great to be together this morning and a happy new year to you. And to celebrate the new year, we have a brand new preaching series uh, that we're going to be looking at together uh, over the next six, seven weeks called Live Well. And uh, within this, we want to look at a, um, a particular area of discipleship. If you're brand new to uh, church family life, discipleship is, is what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to uh, to mark our lives in, in response to how he lived and to seek to follow him. Uh, and uh, the area that we're going to look at is uh, emotional healthy discipleship we want to look at the whole area of emotions and how we can be followers of Jesus through uh, the way that we process and deal with our emotions and uh, we're basing it on a, on a book by Pete Scazzaro uh, called Emotionally Healthy Church which is an excellent book I'd really recommend it to you and uh, we're going to be looking at that over these coming weeks and uh, uh, and asking God to help us to grow in this season and and really that's where I wanted to kind of start off right at the beginning of this year uh, I think it's really important and really exciting that we're starting a series like this I don't know whether you've had the opportunity over the last couple of days to maybe set yourself some goals it's kind of like the done thing right at the start of the year isn't it thinking ahead or well, where am I sort of uh, lacking where would I like to be in the coming uh, months or, or, or at the end of the next 12 months and uh, you know I don't know how disciplined you are at those uh, but, but ultimately, I, I feel like a sense of uh, this season that we've been in together, this uh, whole season of isolation and, and difficulties that we've been living through. Right at the, right at the start of it, I really felt uh, challenged by God to, uh, to seek him and, and to ask him for lasting change to come in my life. Not, not just something that is, um, uh, you know, uh, aesthetically changed, something that is deeply changed within my heart. And... Uh, I really felt that was a good thing to pray for. And then I felt uh, that that was a good thing for me to pray for us as a church family as well. That that when we start meeting together again, I know some of us have been able to, but when we're all back together again, that we won't be the same group of people, but we will have been, we, we will grow in what it means to be followers of Christ. We will mature uh, in him. And uh, that's a... That's a common theme throughout the New Testament. We see that in, in Ephesians as, uh, as well as other places. But Paul speaking to the uh, Ephesians says, um, no longer to be uh, children tossed to and fro by waves and carried about by every kind of doctrine, human cunning or craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Uh, Paul's prayer for the Ephesian church was uh, that they would grow together uh, into being more Christ-like and that is our prayer in this as well as we talk about different areas of discipleship that is our aim that we would grow more and more 
uh, Christ-like and followers of him. So right at the start of this year, uh, we're going to look at what it means uh, to uh, be followers of Jesus in the whole area of emotions. And uh, Pete Scazzaro makes a a compelling case in his book, and uh, uh, it's for the fact that all of life matters. That's also what Paul says. He says, you know, in every way, in in all of life, in, in every aspect of who you are, we need to be followers of Christ. So Pete talks about five particular areas uh, of which kind of human beings relate. Uh, So he talks about a spiritual element of our lives. He talks about the fact that we're spiritual beings. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you you would probably understand that. that There's a a way in which we can grow in that. You might say you might set yourself some targets to to read the Bible in a whole year. Or you might want to pray more this year or fast or seek God in different areas That, that that would that would help you to grow and mature spiritually. Uh, he also talks about the fact that we're intellectual beings. We relate intellectually. And uh, maybe there's some areas in your life where you think, well, I just don't really understand that. I, I don't really know what those things mean or what that means. So this, this passage means and you might uh, seek understanding on that. Then there's a physical element of our life. There's uh, the fact that we we're physical beings and we can't ignore that you know if we suddenly stop sleeping if we uh, decide to eat what we like drink what we like we're, we're soon going to end up in a bad situation we're, we're physical beings we've got to take care of that and seek to honor god uh, with our physical bodies and then there's the whole element of uh, the fact that we're social uh, beings we we interact socially uh, so important I, 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 this is a big subject that i love uh, where uh, it's very clear that we're not called to do this life on our own but we're called to relate to one another to care for one another love one another and and do this together we, we can't do it independently and uh, that's a real challenge in this season that we're currently in so you know we, we want to grow in that we want to uh, be followers of christ in that and then there's the whole area of the fact that we are emotional beings. Uh, we're people who experience feelings and emotions, and, uh, and and we are to be followers of Christ with our emotions. Uh, and really through this series, we want to take some time to explore what that means a little bit more. Uh, we want to uh, seek to understand what it means to process uh, those emotions. And uh, I, I feel quite stirred personally about this. This is a really exciting subject. This is something I, over this uh, these months that we've been living in, I felt particularly challenged on myself. Let me just tell you a, a story uh, to illustrate that. So right at the beginning of, of lockdown, so in, in March, uh, I was studying really quite hard for a, an exam at work. And uh, uh, right up until the last day, the exam got cancelled because of uh, the lockdowns coming and uh, I felt such a real sense of frustration, disappointment, sadness, uh, quite cross in many ways. Um, and then at the same time, uh, same day, in fact, uh, my my dad really suddenly uh, died. And so I was experiencing this whole emotion of grief and uh, uh, pain and uh, uh, regret in some ways. You know, there was lots of emotions going on. And we were entering a season of, of lockdown as well. And it was all a bit unknown at that time. And, and I was feeling this sense of uh, anxiety. You know, what, what is this going to look like? Uh, I was worried for, for my family and for myself. You know, a real kind of sense of health anxiety rising within me. Uh, so lots of emotions uh, going going around. And I remember uh, kind of feeling, well, I don't need to revise anymore. 
And so I'm going to choose another book to read because now I've suddenly got loads of free time. And I went into our little cupboard where we keep our books and, I, and this book was up on the, the side and I picked it up and I said to Susanna, I mean, it's just a, it was a rubbish joke really out of frustration, but I said, well, I won't need this. Uh, this is one book that I will not need to read. And uh, what I was saying by that rubbish joke was that I have somehow managed to repress all of these feelings, all of these emotions, all of these things I've managed to bury as somehow secondary to who I am as a person. And uh, soon after that, I really felt convicted by God that uh, emotions are, are not meant to be like that. I think I'm particularly good at that. I can hide those things well. I can keep them under wraps. Uh, you know, in many ways, as a, a kind of a British culture, we're quite good at that. Stiff upper lip and uh, keep on going. But, but the, that's not healthy emotional uh, discipleship. And uh, I've been reading this book and uh, again and again, and I feel... Uh, very much challenged by God in this season. And so I want to really encourage us in this series to be open to what God might be saying to us, to really uh, allow him to engage with us uh, through the things that we look at. So right, right at the start, before I talk a bit more about what it means to be emotionally mature and immature and why we uh, should do this series, what are the most prominent emotions that you currently experience in your life? Maybe you can think of just three uh, words, uh, three emotions that you are currently experiencing. Wonderful. Uh, well, emotions are key to discipleship. They are a key aspect. And I do agree with uh, Pete that we have uh, left them uh, too long. Uh, without talking about them. So uh, maybe uh, your view of emotions is that they're a dangerous subject. Uh, you can't trust your emotions. Maybe you, you feel that they they can uh, lead us astray. Uh, that's uh, what some people say, don't they? Our feelings can lead us astray. And uh, they're too wishy-washy, maybe. Uh, feelings and, and emotions is too much of a wishy-washy subject for us to dedicate a, a preaching series to bring back revelation. Maybe a few of you are shouting at your TV screens. Uh, bring back a, a meaty uh, Bible topic that we can engage with. But uh, friends, I, I do believe that emotions and our understanding and our ability to process emotions are key. I, I believe uh, that we can be spiritually alive and emotionally immature at the same time. It doesn't mean that we're not saved, uh, but it means uh, that there's an imbalance in our discipleship. But, you know, when Paul's talking to your future, he's saying, I want all of your life, all of your life to be Christ-like. I want you to I want you to be like him in every way, to grow in him in every way. Let me give you some examples that uh, uh, Pete talks about in his book. He says you can be a functional church member, but you can be uh, on the inside insecure uh, and defensive. You struggle when, uh, whenever anybody brings a suggestion uh, or, so, or asks you to change the way that you're doing something. You can memorize whole chunks of the Bible, but you can live uh, with a, a sense of, of terrible anger uh, and you lose it at the sl smallest of things. You can be uh, outwardly cooperative, uh, but inwardly you could be apathetic and withdrawing. Uh, you can be the biggest prayer warrior. You can pray and fast regularly, but struggle with a, a deep sense of loneliness and disappointment. You can be somebody who is unable to ever be wrong. 
You can be somebody who is never able to accept any help. There are just some examples of what it, uh, an emotional immaturity can look like. And what we want to uh, look at together uh, through this series is how we process, how we engage uh, with our emotions. Firstly, uh, we want to be uh, aware of what is going on inside our hearts. Uh, outwardly, uh, our lives, the, the life that we present to other people, uh, we want that to be in sync with what is going on uh, with our heart. This is, a, again, this is a, a common theme that we see throughout uh, the Bible, particularly in the the New Testament, Jesus addresses this head on with the uh, with the Pharisees in Matthew 23. I won't uh, read it, but he 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 calls them hypocrites. He calls it's like that their lives they're like play acting with their life. They're presenting something to the world around them, but then inwardly uh, they're living in a completely different way. They're um, they're they're uh, not uh, not living in sync with their inward life. And, uh, and that's what their emotions and the, the things that are flowing from their heart. And the Bible encourages us to do that, to have a sober view of ourselves. That's in Romans 12, a sober view. I love that verse. It talks about the fact that we're, uh, we're to, uh, to seek to understand ourselves as well. We're, we're, we're to have a, an idea of who we are and, and what's going on with our lives, not to uh, not to have a puffed up view, uh, not to try and present ourselves in a different way, but to be a sober view. And I, I don't know whether you've ever uh, had much to do with people who are intoxicated uh, uh, as a as an occupation. I, I know a number of times when I've I've dealt with drink drivers, for example. Every time you uh, you stop and speak to a drink driver, you say, "Do you know why I've stopped you?" And they, of course, said, well, no, of course, I've got no idea why you would stop me. And he said, well, because of the standard of your driving, because, you, you know, you've, you've hit the curb three times, you, you've hit four lampposts, uh, you know, it's the standard of your driving. They said, well, really, I had no idea. And, and, and what the Bible is encouraged to do is that, no, 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 that's an intoxicated view. You, you can't see what you're, you're doing. I want you to have a sober view of yourself. I want you to have a, a, a clear understanding of what's going on inside your heart, a clear understanding of, of who you are. Uh, and uh, and I want the, your inward life and your outward life to, to sink. I recognise uh, this myself, that, you know, some emotions that have, uh, have risen up inside me. And then uh, it's good to ask the question, what is God speaking to me through this? Why am I feeling like this? Uh, I remember, as an example, uh, a church meeting, feeling like really grumpy, sat in this meeting, thinking, oh, I'm really quite grumpy. I came off the call, uh, I was still grumpy. Uh, uh, and I remember just asking God, why, why do I feel like this? What, what is it? Why am I experiencing uh, this emotion? And, and I felt like God uh, speak and point to a few areas where I was feeling insecure, uh, where I was feeling that I'd uh, been overlooked maybe in one or two things. And, and, it, and it became much clearer. But that, that's the kind of thing that before I'd probably just have sat on and maybe got more frustrated with. Uh, but no, I Emotional, healthy discipleship is about exploring these things together to uh, to allow God to speak uh, through them. Or maybe you're emotionally numb. Uh, we we want to uh, we want to be those who experience emotions. That's something that uh, that the way that God has made us, and we don't want to switch off uh, to emotions. There's, there's kind of two extremes with emotions, isn't there? There's those that that kind of switch off, and then there's those that live with uh, uh, you know emotions as their king. And we want to try and find the middle ground somewhere. We want to be a people who, 
you know, we could be a really messy church one way or the other, but we want to find this this middle ground where we're uh, emotionally secure and we're processing and uh, and seeking God uh, through our emotions, allowing him to, to speak to us. And part of that is about slowing down. Uh, and uh, we believe that this is a season in which we can do that. Jesus said, uh, if you want to be fruitful in life, I need you to abide in me. And uh, I believe that there's a, a real season for us to slow down and allow our emotions to be uh, abiding in him in, in every way possible. Let me read you a uh, quote uh, on what uh, emotions are about from uh, this book. This is a quote by Dan Allender. He says this, ignoring our emotions is turning our back on reality. Listening to our emotions ushers us into reality. And the reality is where we meet God. Emotions are the language of the soul. They are the cry that gives the heart a voice. However, we often turn a deaf ear through emotional denial, distortion or disengagement. We strain out anything disturbing in order to gain tenuous control of our inner world. We're frightened and ashamed of what leaks into our consciousness. In neglecting our intense emotions, we are false to ourselves and lose a wonderful opportunity to know God. We forget that change comes through brutal honesty and vulnerability before God. Friends, this is what we've been invited into uh, with this series. We want to be those who uh, allow uh, the cry of our heart to be heard uh, through our emotions. Emotions is the voice uh, of our heart. We want to be those who allow God to to bring deep change as we, uh, with brutal honesty and vulnerability, uh, come before him. Not trying to hide uh, what's going on in our inner world, but allow him to 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 speak to us through it, to to bring process through it and to slow ourselves uh, down. What a wonderful opportunity that we have. If you uh, read uh, throughout the Bible that the Psalms are a, a wonderful example of that, of, uh, of awesome honesty and process of emotion, not trying to hide, not trying to uh, carve away any of the details, but being honest uh, before God. So how are you doing emotionally? What what are the words that you use to describe yourself before? Maybe you're numb, maybe you're joyful, maybe you're disappointed, maybe you're grieving, sad, uh, maybe you're depressed, or maybe you're exuberant, excited, you know, uh, some positive uh, emotions as well. <coughs> Throughout this series, we want to uh, try and uh, come to a place where we allow God to uh, help us as we slow down and seek him. Many of us are kind of running on empty uh, when it comes to emotions and we want to uh, allow him to bring us rest and to speak to us uh, through this series. So emotions are key. Secondly, uh, we have an emotional saviour. I think this is really important. I was really encouraged reading these uh, reading these things. As we seek to be more like Jesus, uh, we see throughout scripture the fact that Jesus is able to express and is unashamed, un, unembarrassed, with real freedom, expresses emotion. He sheds tears in Luke 19. He's filled with joy in Luke 10. He's grieved in Mark 14. He was angry in Mark 3. Sadness came over him, Matthew 26. He felt compassion in Luke 7. He felt sorrow in John 11. He showed astonishment and wonder in Mark 6 or Luke 7. And he felt distress in Mark 5. Jesus was anything but an emotionally frozen Messiah. He was somebody who was uh, engaging 
through his emotions. And uh, as as followers of him, we're uh, called to uh, to be like him in that, and we're uh, called to to make headway in this, to to be disciples of him uh, in this. Equally, we're we're emotionally, eternally emotionally people. Sorry, let me say that again. We're eternally emotionally people. We're people who are, are made for an eternity to be emotional. This is uh, something that God was uh, God uh, was emotional right at the very beginning. He was loving his son. They were uh, they were in an emotional relationship. We're, we're going to continue to be emotional people. This is something that is not something for us to just uh, grin and bear uh, in this world, but something for us to enjoy and, and flourish in as we uh, seek God. Now, I think that's important when we see uh, the Apostle Paul at different points as he's addressing different situations, uh, different uh, disagreements, different um, kind of things that are cropped up within church, people that, you know, cross with one another. And he often points their attention to eternity and says, come on, guys, look, look there's, there's an eternity coming. Like this, this, like your emotions are not rooted in this now, but they should be rooted in a sense of an eternal existence with Jesus. What a wonderful uh, truth that we have and that's really where I, where I want to finish we've got uh, a number of weeks ahead of us where we're going to go in a bit more detail on some specific areas of how we address different emotions we're going to have some some stuff on, on some particular areas like grief and uh, and uh, and other areas like loneliness but but I think it's important that we uh, kind of root this uh, as a place that emotions are key and they're a big part of the gospel. I, I believe that uh, right at the beginning when sin entered the world, uh, one of the things that sin did was, well, the main thing that sin did was to separate us from God. Uh, and we see that physically with uh, the fact that Adam and Eve, when they're walking uh, with God, they're uh, they're naked. There's There's nothing at all that separates them. And then when sin comes, they they cover themselves physically. They they uh, they uh, use fi- the fig leaf uh, uh, thing, and and they cover themselves physically. I believe that that there is an emotional fig leaf that comes through sin, where we separate ourselves, where we can uh, allow ourselves to kind of repress emotions, where we can distance ourselves from uh, the true feelings that we're. Uh, experiencing where we can uh, try and uh, live through a, a feeling of numbness you know I, I've had it uh, recently where I've, I said this is something like, I feel like I should be excited about this but I, I'm just not what's going on you know we, we want to address those things sin sin does that to us and the, the sin will also affect uh, our emotions in that way as well it can separate us from knowing uh, the true emotions that God wants us to experience but I do believe through his grace and mercy uh, he has won a victory over sin and death, and that includes uh, inviting us into a redemption of all all of life as we seek to to grow in maturity as followers of Him. Uh, this is there's no area of our life that is excluded, and I want to invite us uh, to uh, journey together over these coming weeks to learn what it means to be an emotionally healthy church, to be an emotionally healthy person, to be somebody who is a, a follower of. Christ in every area of life, built up, mature in him. Maybe I can pray for us as we finish. Father, we do want to thank you so much for uh, your goodness to us. We want to thank you so much for the fact that you uh, have won a victory over sin and death, that as we uh, have just been uh, talking about, that we are invited into a relationship with you uh, that is not 
uh, due to uh, anything other than your uh, victory over sin and death, everything that separated us. And so, Father, as we approach this series, I want to pray that you would help us to boldly, courageously approach you with uh, real humility uh, as we engage in this subject. Would you help us to grow emotionally uh, as a as a church? Would we be a church who are known for being able to process and uh, deal with the feelings, the, the voice of our heart? Father, I want to pray that you'd help us uh, in these coming days. We pray in your precious name. Amen. Thank you so much, Sam. Thank you for sharing that with us and uh, why don't we take sam's encouragement to uh to to bring our emotions to be honest with our, our emotions and you might be uh, like sam said on top of the world feeling really joyful you might be uh, experiencing deep grief at the moment uh, the wonderful thing about scripture as sam as sam said in the psalms particularly is there's a multitude of emotions that go on but what we do see is this amazing ability to praise God in the midst of whatever emotions. In fact, Paul says that we, uh, he says we're sorrowful yet always rejoicing. He recognized that uh, coming to God in worship uh, is not about hiding our emotions. It's not about saying, yeah, I'm feeling amazing when you're feeling really awful. It's actually, uh, there's, there, we're able to experience and feel emotion uh, at the same time as rejoicing and worshiping Jesus. So let's give our give ourselves to God, bring our emotions to God and let's worship Jesus as the King of Kings. But let me leave you with this. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. May God bless you and uh, see you all very soon.